Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover immigrant stories, cross-cultural experiences, and minority issues. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. Let's get started. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry. Started. Started. <laughs> That's already sounding so casual already. Okay, let me do it again. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. My name is Ping. Thank you so much for tuning in for my channel and my show. If you haven't subscribed or follow already, please do click that little button on your podcast app on your phone or on your computer or wherever you listen to your podcast from. And then I'm also available on Facebook and Instagram and also email. So you can see more pictures and more stories from those social platforms. And then you can interact with me if you have thoughts and all that you can share with me. And the best way to support me is to subscribe and also give me a five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. And also recently, Spotify launched a new feature. So you can click that little star icon next to my channel and give me the support. All right. Enough of the commercial. Today, we have a very cool guest that we, we've known each other for some time. I, I just feel that she's really cool. And her name rhymes with Sarah. And she's a native Angelino from LA, LA. And then she, she'll talk about that later. What does it mean to be an uh, Angelino? I've never heard this word before this interview. So I'm very excited to learn. And then she moved a few years ago to Colorado and to get married. So let's welcome Vera. Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so Vera rhymes with Sarah. That is so cool. Are yeah. you always that catchy? No. Okay. So that actually started because like the way that most people pronounce Vera is Vera. And so they're like, oh, like Vera Bradley, like Vera Wang. And for like most of my life, I was like, you know, what? it's fine. It's fine if they don't pronounce it right. Like I, it's just, it's just too much of a hassle to correct them. Yeah. Um, but I think like, especially after moving to Colorado, I'm like, how people pronounce my name matters because mm. it shows me that like, they're taking the time to learn how my name was intended to be spoken. They're like, in pronouncing it correctly, they're honoring the story of my name and they're, or, they're honoring like, even to some degree, like my culture and then the accents even that were like, that were involved in like picking out my name. And so I feel like Vera, it rhymes with Sarah, is like a good way to get people to remember to pronounce it correctly without having to be overly like, it's Vera. It's Vera, like all the time. Because I used to be really like embarrassed at having to correct people all the time, you know? Mm, got it. Huh. I've never thought that way. Because I, when I saw the word, I just pronounce it as Vera. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, let's talk about Angelino. Angelino. <laughs> Angelino, sorry. Angelino. Sure, so yeah. so what does it mean for you? Kind of like what I said um, when we were talking before. Um, there's two parts to LA. There's like the part that you can see. Like, it's like, oh, it's like Hollywood. And I think of like, I don't know, like there's always like a montage when people come to LA where like yeah. they're driving on the freeway and you see like oh, yeah. all the palm trees, you know, mm-hmm. like it's very iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you think of like, I don't know, like the Valley Girl, like trope or whatever. Yeah. But actually, I think LA does a really good job at like loving itself. Mm. And so like there's there's parts of LA that are kind of hidden from the rest of the world. Like what you don't know when you're like seeing LA, Hollywood, whatever, like on TV is like most of us in the city are immigrants. Like 
60 to 80% of the people that I grew up with, their parents were born somewhere else. Um, and so to be Angelinos in my perspective is like, man, like we got so many different people represented here. We got so many people, like so many different languages and backgrounds and foods and, and cultures represented here. To be Angelino is like to come to Southern California, to come to Los Angeles, like in hope of a better life. And so it's like kind of like an American dream, but also like recognizing that everyone here is is here for a reason. Um, and literally like sitting in your classroom feels like traveling the world because of how many pe different people you come into contact with. Um, and I think to be a native Angelino is to have that experience where it's like, yes, we're going to acknowledge that we're all from somewhere else. So no one's an outsider. It feels very different because when people ask me where I was born and I'm like, oh, I was born in L.A., but I have no knowledge, no experience because I moved back to Taiwan when I was two and a half. So having you over and talk about LA and just like your life experience is so, so much more meaningful to me. Cause like in some mm. ways I always imagine how people kind of grow up over there. And since you already mentioned that you're from an immigrant family, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about your family background. My family started, I think I, my family doesn't talk about their past a lot. And I think that's pretty common with Asian families. But I think that my aunt started moving to the mm -hmm. States in the 70s because the U.S. was going through a nurse shortage at the time. Um, and so in the Philippines, it's like the education system was built off of America's. They're teaching American curriculum. They're teaching um, uh, English language. And so like when they were like having a nurse shortage, the U.S. was like, let's recruit from the Philippines because it's less training. It's um, the skills are transferable and like they're already on par in terms of education and language. Um, and so like in the 60s and 70s, there was like a huge influx of nurses, Filipino nurses um, from the Philippines, um, obviously from the Philippines coming here. And um, I think my my two aunts, who are older than my mom were given basically a free education in the states. So continued, they continued their masters in the states. Uh, okay. One of them was at University of Detroit, and then the other one was mm. at Columbia University in New York. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so I think when they, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a chain migration story, um, with all the buzzwords that that you know that that has. But like they petitioned my grandma to come over, so like they were able to get her to come over. Um, and I think she picked LA because she liked it most. And then when my mom had me, I was actually born in Guam. So like in the middle of the ocean. And it was like, for her, it was like the cheapest flight, the shortest flight from the Philippines to US soil. So I could be born, you know, I was like, so I could be born uh, a citizen, essentially. I was basically like her anchor baby. Okay, <laughs> like, that's another term. <laughs> yeah, Wait, yeah, I thought that family would move together. So she didn't move together with your aunt. No, 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 no. My mom was like busy being like, she did a lot of stuff. So like mm. um, the Philippines was in martial law mm -hmm. in the 80s, 70s, 80s. Mm -hmm. um, and so she couldn't go to school or anything like that. And so 
in order to kind of do something with her life, my mom was mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I want to be like a nun, like a Catholic nun. And then a teacher, she said that a teacher convinced her to travel. And so she ended up becoming a stewardess for Cathay Pacific. And then after that, like she's just doing a lot. Like she she became a doctor because it was like her dad's like deathbed wish was for someone in the family to be a doctor. So my mom was divorced before I was born. Mm. And then um, she moved to LA because that's where my grandma was already. Okay. Um, so my grandma moved to the States before before my mom did. That's right. And then and your so she, aunt graduated as well. Yeah, my aunts, my some of my aunts had already families or careers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like because my or they were busy, you know, they were busy. Um, my mom needed extra help raising me, so she asked my grandma to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's how we ended up in totality in in LA um and my my aunts were like out of state and things like that yeah and then my grandma brought us to the church that we were attending some of the people that you just met um Mm. and (laughs) she didn't tell anyone but like she she had switched from like Catholicism to like to Protestantism yeah yeah like how did that happen because i was just thinking the philippines they have the majority of people they're catholic right yeah the majority of people are catholic um i don't exactly know how it happened because my grandma did it without anyone knowing because she knew that people in my family would not like that at all got it and so like i remember my mom telling me like they were like, why doesn't she come to Catholic church with us? Or like, why does she sit outside the whole time and just wait for us to come out? And then they they didn't realize, but like my grandma was like going to church at a Pentecostal church behind their backs. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Sounds like a like, story worth digging. <laughs> Is your grandma still alive? No. Oh, no. Really. Yeah. yeah. If she were, she would have been 100 years old. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so, so, so uh, then how did you grow up in a Protestant church or did you? It was, it was iffy because it's like, my grandma took me to church and for the longest time, my mom didn't want to come. Okay. And so like how I would kind of get her to come is being like, oh, I just want to be left behind for English service. Can you come pick me up? Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so it took my mom actually so a long time to start coming to church with us regularly. Got it. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't really know many people from the Philippines here in the U.S. What are some distinct or unique experiences that you have while growing up at home? Yeah. Okay. So actually interesting. Um in Los Angeles, like the part of Los Angeles that I specifically grew up in was Filipino town. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, I don't remember why it's Filipino town. I think it had to do with like a big protest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just like unique experiences I had growing up. So the, the church that I went to was like in the middle of Filipino town. And so it's like a, a huge like Filipino church. And something that I love about Filipino church is like the worship. Um, Cause a lot of Filipinos are like super into like performing arts. Right. And so it's like a lot of the worship, like when I grew up, like there was a lot of like joy. There was a lot of like clapping and people would be dancing and like singing really, really loud. And I, I just, I really love that environment. Um, and I think now I can say like, Oh, it's probably because of the culture of 
just Filipino expression and um, a lot of like the hobbies or like pastimes that Filipino people kind of gravitate towards are musical or dancing. And so like every year when I was growing up, we would have like two really big productions. So we did like a big service for Filipino Independence Day where it's like we would just go back to like historical pre-colonial heritage and like tell stories about like pre-colonial like princesses and like there were dances that were involved with that and there were like what language do you guys speak i speak tagalog oh okay now what about at church at church we have a tagalog service and an english service and then because we're also surrounded by like a big latino community i think sometimes we have a spanish service yeah okay they have a spanish service not all the time not all the time we never stay Okay. Do Thanks. Filipinos understand a lot of Spanish? We have a lot of Spanish loan words. Yes. Um, a lot of Spanish loan words, but like the language is super different. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like I felt like your last name feels like Spanish. Yeah. So the Philippines actually they they gave a lot of Spanish names to the people to kind of organize them. Okay. But if you were like wealthy, so like um, in the Philippines, in the caste system, we also had a lot of like Chinese merchants and artisans. Uh, so, okay. like, if you were if you were wealthy or like if you were Chinese, um, they just took your name and made it sound more Spanish. So, my name is actually uh, a Spanishized version of someone's Chinese name. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What do you mean? How do they make a name into a? Sp- huh. <laughs> Like they take they take the sounds and they make it more Spanish. Like okay, I guess an example would be like Mikhail is like a, a Jewish last name or a Jewish okay. name, right? Okay. But then in English we say Michael. Ah. In French, in French they say Michel, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 So they take a Chinese name and they make it more Spanish. So if my Chinese name is Huang, the last name is Huang, and then how do you make it Spanish? Juan. Oh. Okay, or something like Juanita, Juanito, that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it. Oh, I think Juan is an easy one. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's introduce some of the people around you then, since the listener is are probably um, so. This is John John. Hi, John John. He's um my youth pastor's kid. Ah, He's the youngest. Yeah, got he's it. a laser set, a laser tag kit. Got it. So currently when we're recording, Vera is actually back in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is next to you? Um, the kids left. Okay, great, 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 great. <laughs> for a while, like my nephews were here. So that's Gabe and Jacob. Yeah, and we'll say niece, hi. Hannah okay. Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to some of the uh, unique memory. Other than church, is there anything else? Is there anything that you, as a family, will always do? Okay. So, like, I think I think this is like a big struggle with like single parent mm-hmm. homes. Okay. It's really it's really really hard to establish like tradition. Okay. And so, like, maybe like something that was big in my family is like travel. Mm-hmm. So, like. Um, you know, like just before the pandemic, my husband and I went on like a reunion with like most of the family. So we mm-hmm. went back to the Philippines for someone's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a big family trip. And then last year we did like a big family road trip. Um, 
we were showing them around like Colorado and stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so like, I feel like maybe like, I personally get really like kind of itchy and restless if I haven't boarded a plane in a year. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But that's just me. Yeah, that's just me. And I, I, but like, yeah, I think growing up with like, like a single parent home, it's, it's hard to establish traditions. Mm-hmm. because They change a lot. Are yeah. you the only child? Yeah. So I'm the only child of my mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up with your cousins or were there any cousins around? My, my cut. Co- okay. So like, like I said, like, um, my mom moved to LA so that my grandma could help raise me. Mm. And I guess something that's quite unique is like, my grandma was like a very strong and independent lady. Mm. Like she didn't take, she, she like needed no help at all. Like whatsoever. Most of her like um, food that she got was from like charity. So like every day she just had a spot. Like she'd go to some church, she'd go to some Bible study and they give away free food afterwards. And she'd get everywhere by bus. So like by the time I was like five or six, like I had, I had some of the bus routes like memorized. So when I was like six years old, um, my grandma grew very ill. She got sick. She was hospitalized and she eventually died. But like when she was in the hospital, like my my aunts and uncles from all over the States and the Philippines came to visit. And my mom was working like two jobs at the time. My mom had to work overtime one of the nights that they were going to go to the hospital to see her. And I was like, well, why don't we just take a bus? And they're like, you know how to get to the hospital by bus? And I was like, yeah. So I showed them. Um, And so I was a kid. I think I was able to like get onto the bus for free. And I was like, it costs this much. It's this many transfers. We'll be fine. Um, And so I took them to the hospital by bus because my grandma showed me like how to how to get um, around. So a misconception is if you live in L.A., you're driving all the time. And that's true if you live outside of L.A., um, and you're going into the city. But if you're staying into the city, like I grew up most of my life without really needing a car. Um, everything is like within an hour away or so just by public transportation. And it's even better now because of like Google Maps and stuff. Like it tells you when all the buses are coming. Um, and so I grew up like I grew up on the buses. Um, back in the day, it was really it was really nice because like you could just strike up a conversation with like the people sitting across from you. Like even if you don't speak each other's languages, like there's always a bond, you know, like there's always like the mom with like the swarming kids and like you can hang out, like you can make faces, like dumb faces at the kids and like have a good time. Or like if you do speak the same language, I remember my grandma or my Lola, that's what we call her. Um, my Lola would be like, she just, she'd end up like telling her life story and like, talking about me and like her other grandkids and you know like with with the veteran who's like sitting next to her so I feel like that's like one unique part of my childhood that I feel like you not not that you can only get it in LA but it was a big part of like what formed my picture of what LA is like really like you know yeah what was your question (laughs) I think that was good that was good because I was asking about some of the unique cultural experience of or or like how you grew up but then you share about your Lola and it sounds like that you had you had a very eventful childhood because that you had to kind of raise yourself as well yeah and I think like my mom was my mom I was definitely raised by a village Mm. I guess so it's like I felt like on any given week or on any given like weekday I'd be like with a mom mom's co-worker and I'd spend the night or like I'd be with some church friends and like 
I'd be left there for like a week or like um, some church friends would like pick me up from school and I'd stay there all day until my mom picked me up like late at night um, because she was working. Yeah. So, okay, my cousins, they two of them came here to the States with their mom right after my grandma died to help me you know, to, to kind of help my mom out and to support. And they ended up staying. One of them went back home to the Philippines. And then my cousin, the the, the niece and nephews, her kids, um, she ended up staying here and uh, having a family here. Okay. Oh, wow. Sounds like you guys have a very close relationship. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. let's transition a little bit to California because like you're from an immigrant family and it took a village to raise you and Mm -hmm. California is very diverse as well culturally and linguistically and just I guess historically because it's also like a you know coastal state so how does that play into your upbringing I think the interesting thing about Southern California, or maybe like Los Angeles in particular, Mm. when I compare it to Colorado, it's like we are more aware in California of what's going on internationally than what's going on like in our own country. And so it's like, you know, if a typhoon is happening in the Philippines or in Japan, and it's affecting me and my friends' families, we're aware of that. But like if a hurricane or something or like a tornado is happening in like St. Louis or if it's happening in like, I don't know, like Tennessee, it's like, what even is that? You know, in Colorado, like it's I've gotten to meet people from like a lot of like the smaller states or from like the middle of the country that in California, like I've never had to think about. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's also like I feel like it's the community and who you meet with, right? So like you do have a community maybe attached to different Asian countries. Yeah. And so then you hear a lot more news uh, or updates from those areas. If you don't know anyone from Tennessee, even if it's playing on news, you're like, where is it? No, yeah, you're and you're you're totally right. Um, but I think too, like, okay, so when I was growing up in LAUSD, and LAUSD is kind of notorious. Mm-hmm. I think even like out in Colorado, when people hear like LA Unified School District, there's like negative connotations about what kind of the, like what the education is about, mm-hmm. or like the quality of life that you have. But even like the school experiences I had were like very intentional about being multicultural so like the elementary school that I was at like we always had a cultural festival even if it wasn't necessarily like the people in that class being represented it's like we would do a dance from that country so like some classes it was like Mexican folklorico um we had to do like a Greek line dance or whatever and it's like we're always aware of like other places like traditions and maybe like the way that they dress but it's like it's visible culture you know um but I think also like growing up I keep saying growing up like because so many people there are second generation I think there are just some experiences that are shared by like second generation kids and when I say second generation I mean like your parents are generation one 
that come from a different country and then you're born here and raised here. And so it's like, you know, sometimes parents don't necessarily understand how the education system might be different or like having to compare like what you see on TV and sort of like the individualism that gets promoted there and like kind of like be yourself and follow your dream ideologies. And that clashes a lot with like your parents, right? A lot of like, I think a lot of immigrant parents kind of can be a little bit more authoritarian. And so it's like, are we getting in trouble because we're talking back? Or are we like defending ourselves or like standing up for ourselves, you know? And so I feel like a lot of that connects like second generation experience, regardless of what country you're from. There's just like a clash between parents' authority and what it means to honor them versus like embracing your freedom or whatever. How do you feel about your in-betweenness? Because as you're saying that you're a second generation immigrant and, you know, there is a lot of differences between your family's generation and also your upbringing. I'm still figuring it out Mm. because I felt very, like, I think it depends on context. And it depends on like the community that I'm with. And so even in like Filipino American culture, for example, there's like a scale of like, there's like a range of how in between or whatever you are. Like there are people that embrace more of the visible culture. So like people that felt like their Filipino-ness needed to be represented by joining dance crews. So like this is a big part of like Filipino American culture is like b-boy culture and like dance and like you know, like the Japawakis and the Kinjas are big Filipino representation for Filipino Americans or like they embrace their music. And I was definitely like one of those like crews like in middle school where like my friends would like bring their guitars and they'd bring their ukuleles and we'd jam. And it was it was like such the stereotype. Um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's also true. <laughs> That's what you did. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like what we did. Um, but for me, I would say that like my Filipino-ness comes out a lot more in like, I actually speak the language. Mm. Um, I think so the Philippines, it's kind of different from like Chinese culture, where it's like a lot of my Chinese friends had Saturday Chinese school to go to, or like they took up like learning how to do fan dances or, um, you know, like calligraphy classes and things like that. The Philippines, however, I think, I think it might be colonial mentality, but a lot of parents kind of come to the states with the idea that oh you you can get by without having to practice your language because you'll retain it and we'll just talk english in the home so that it's like it's easier to assimilate or whatever and my mom was very she didn't like that idea at all like she was like no like you're going to pick up english in school just give it some time and so she was very intentional about like speaking to me and reading to me in tagalog and so my in-betweenness at church, it felt really different because church is like the most saturated Filipino community that I had. Um, it was very like unique and special for me to be speaking the language when none of my peers did. Yeah. And how did you feel about that? I mean, like, it, does it <clears throat> does it make it uh, difficult or easier to for you to hang out with your peers? I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, okay, admittedly, like, I said my family like travels a lot. So like when I was very, very young, we go back to the Philippines like every year. My family's from Manila. And so it's like big, giant capital city growing up like where everyone's like playing in the streets. And it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of in a also in like a notorious area of Manila. So like whenever I say like the part of Manila that I'm from, like some people 
kind of react to it like I'm as if I'm like from Compton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm from like the ghetto, like I'm from like the hood kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like my family. It's 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 not like um I don't know like I think like a lot of other people's families like be like they they managed to move here to the states because they've somewhat been able to like afford it like they might come from like middle class Philippines whereas like the area that I'm from in the Philippines isn't really you know like well off or um it's not necessarily a place that you would want people to visit <laughs> even like when my family was like showing Blake around like they were kind of apologizing for like how torn down everything was and how kind of like ratty or like dirty or like they're like oh like I'm sorry it's not like clean or whatever and it's like he's here for us like he's not here for like for the town or for the tourism that it offers you know and so like mm. I feel like I there's like different cultural lines that I'm crossing all at the same time like there's like uh, I grew up pretty well off here in the states but like maybe the poverty that I see in the Philippines doesn't really bother me because I'm comfortable with it and it's there's some there's some part of me that's like it's kind of weird to admit that I think that growing up too, like I felt maybe a little bit more Filipino than my peers. A lot of my friends in like middle school, like we would just straight up talk Tagalog to each other because they were what uh, first and a half generation. Um, so they moved here with their parents and like they were able to retain their Tagalog. And so like I kind of got along more with the quote unquote fobs than like with than with like second generation. What is fobs? Um, I heard about it, but I forgot what it means. Yeah, so it started off as a slur um, against Filipinos, and it's okay. like fresh off the boat. Uh, yeah, okay. But like in some in in some uh, in some aspects of Filipino community, they've kind of reclaimed the term. Okay, where it's like you know we're aware that we speak with an accent, we're aware that our English isn't perfect, but like hey, we made it. Okay, so it doesn't mean like. It- fobs is like first gen or like it's all inclusive it's not necessarily first gen it's like i think it refers more to like people that you can tell are first gen (laughs) does that make sense like people who still have the accent people whose english still isn't perfect sounds so judgmental (laughs) (laughs) because it originally was yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. um and i think i think like the like Filipino American culture is kind of like even wrestling with itself Mm. in terms of like how to think and feel about that term or like how to think and feel about the necessity for perfect English um, and all of that. And I think that my, my experience being in like LA, it's really hard to generalize to like other parts of the country because like there's so much Filipino representation here that it's like, yeah, like, you know, I'll make fun of my cousin for like having an accent sometimes. But, like, it doesn't mean anything, like, less of her because, like, there are lots of people like that here. In L.A., you can't ever assume that anyone speaks English. Yeah. And so kind of going back to what I said earlier, it's, like, you're so much more aware of, like, things that are going on in the world. And it doesn't, like, even though it's, like, L.A., it's, like, if I see a billboard that's in Korean or if I see a street sign that's in Chinese, it's not for me because I'm not the audience for it, but it doesn't have to be. And I'm okay with that. Ah, okay. So you're more aware of that cultural differences around you. And I guess you also kind of talk about like, you don't take, you know, accent for granted, or that kind of thing. It's just like, 
why would you even assume that everyone will speak with the same accent? Yeah. 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 Mm, very interesting. Yeah, that got me thinking. I I know that you met, you got married, and you moved to Colorado, and then you got married. So then, after leaving this this home in California, what do you miss about it、um, when you're、oh, in Colorado,、man. or how do you compare the differences? And then, you know, I I definitely feel there will be some discomfort <clears throat> that you're experiencing. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um. I've actually I've had a lot of time to think about it because I've been here for the past couple days yeah. now. Yeah. Um, on like the superficial level, I think I miss a lot of like the structures. Like I miss freeways. I miss overpasses that intersect each other like crazy, and I miss like like L.A. Most of the freeways go around downtown. There's one freeway that goes through the buildings, and it's really cool and really pretty. But like a lot of the freeways that lead into like L.A. It just provides like a spectacular view of the city, and especially at night. I think like I would ride past those as a kid and just be like, "Wow, like these skyscrapers are so huge!" And it's like it's like awe and wonder.、Um, and I have like really good memories of like what I think it was like award shows. So like the Grammys or like the Emmys or like the Oscars or whatever,、uh, and they have like their red carpet set out. But then, like the spotlights that they use for those, you could see for miles around. And so, like you know how, like sometimes kids are like, "Oh, like the moon is following me," like that's like a common like misconception that they have. For me, like I I would think that, but then I would also see like the lights towards downtown and be like, "Oh, like the angels in the heavens are are dancing." <laughs> and so, like I miss that. Like I miss being in awe of like buildings. And I think another thing about LA too is that it's so decorated. So like you go down the side of the freeways, the there's like、uh, friezes, like there's like sculpting along the walls to kind of amuse you. Like these set of frames is like a bell that's ringing as you're passing by, or like you're stuck in traffic and there's like a mural that's like right there and you're just staring at it because there's that's all there is to look at. <laughs> I think when everything is decorated like that,、mm, like、yeah. everything from the auto shops to the underpasses. To even sitting on the bus, there will be ads, right? And on the bus, there'd be like ads along the top of the bus, right?、Mm. And then like the the metro, which is our transportation system, they're so intentional about featuring local artists who have depicted some part of downtown or like some part of Los Angeles in their style, and that's usually accompanied, or that was usually accompanied with poetry or prose from another local writer. Talking about like their love for the city, and so I miss things like that where it's like when everything feels decorated, everything feels intentional, everything feels like it has a purpose. And I think like the contrast that I would compare that to in in Colorado is like people I think love where they live, but it doesn't necessarily imbue them with like a sense of importance. When everything is like decorated and like it, it, it gives it a sense of like intentionality and a sense of purpose. Like even someone's like graffiti tags. It's like you were meant to see that.、Um, whenever like when they stylize their letters and like intentionally pick out like a color palette. And I think when I compare that to Colorado, I think that people love where they live and they're there to enjoy it, but it doesn't necessarily imbue them with like a sense of purpose. And I I really miss that because I think in LA you kind of get the feeling that anything can happen, right? Like. An immigrant travels halfway across the country to like build a life here so that their kids can become a doctor, 
so that their kid might might become a model so that their kid might become like a scientist or own a restaurant that's going to like that's going to be known like all around the world. I get this feeling that like anything can happen here in LA that I don't necessarily get elsewhere. And even talking to people who are like from smaller towns, it's really interesting cuz it's like the like even talking about like the pandemic um and how people like other people's families are kind of going about it at home. The way that they talk about it, it's almost as if they don't feel like anything they do can like make a difference. And I don't know, like maybe that's like my arrogance. <laughs> I feel like teachers and church leaders were very intentional about like what we do matters because it's going to be seen all over the world because it's going to matter for the generations beyond us um because it's going to matter for our community and our neighbors things like that. I also miss the food. Like Yeah, let's talk so about it. Food. Yeah. What what's your yeah. favorite? So when I was little my mom, we're like, even in high school, like, the, because my mom was working, and she doesn't really cook a whole lot. She, like, instead of asking, what do you want for dinner? She'd be like, where do you want to go for dinner? And so it's like, we could go to little Tokyo for some like really good sushi or like shabu shabu or whatever. Or like we go to K-Town for some sundubu or we mostly got sundubu. We got Korean barbecue, like as it kind of became more popular, but mostly sundubu. <laughs> We could go to like Filipino town for Filipino food. We could go to Chinatown. Oh my gosh. So something that I haven't been able to find in Colorado, and maybe you can prove me wrong, but like really good dim sum. Mm, like Yeah. I heard that for, before. Mm-hmm. For a mm. while, my mom and I and like we would take friends with us too from church. Yeah. We would like go to a dim sum restaurant after church and just mm. like order a bunch of dim sum. Um, and then my mom, like, because she like spent three years in Hong Kong, she'd be like, "Kosai," like, <laughs> you know, like she'd be like, "Panya, panya," like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, she'd be speaking Cantonese. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" And my mom's got like a thick Filipino accent, so I'm like yeah. hearing it, and I'm like, it doesn't sound right, but like people are like kind of humoring her. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if someone is going to LA what would you recommend oh my gosh <laughs> um uh I I don't know <laughs> okay well then, then, then okay let's go back to your home food okay Filipino wait, wait, wait. food wait, wait, what wait. would you recommend them to have mm, I would I would say find a really good Korean tacos place huh Korean yeah. taco yeah 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 so LA right like the place where anything mm-hmm. can happen Okay. You also get really good fusion food. Mm. So like something that feels very LA, LA to me is like a good bulgogi taco from like a taco truck. Yum. Like Yum. you top it off with some kimchi and maybe some like cholula or whatever, you know, like it's just fusion food. And it's fusion mm. food, I think, that also recognizes like where it's from. That makes it really special. I don't know. <laughs> oh. I so want to because so many people talk about the food in LA and or just in California in general. And I'm like, okay, I need to go there again. But before we end, is there anything you want to add? I don't know. I, I don't know that like I've given anything that's like helpful. Or useful. I, I think it's the whole process journey and the reflection is very important for us to go through as we move around and become kind of like our own culture yeah yeah 
I don't know. I think it's I just when I think of LA, I think a lot of the word like stereotype. Mm. Because there's a lot of stereotypes that can be said about Los Angeles. And even being around so many people from like diverse backgrounds, like you could also like depend a lot on like the stereotypes that you see of a lot of people. Um, and I think a lot of people have take a lot of issue with stereotypes. But I think in LA, like why people like sometimes love them so much, like why so much of the humor is based on them is because there's so much that like there's so much around you that can break the stereotype. Like I think about how even even sometimes like when I talk about LA, like I expect people to like be aware of stereotypes. But it's like in LA, like the stereotype is not the only kind of representation that you're getting. Does that make sense? And so it's like, there's this thing that everyone's kind of like moderately aware of in the back of their mind is like, oh, like this is the schema that I have, or like this is the, this is like the big picture image that I have of like this group of people or of this place. But then it's like, as I get to know people more, like I can see how it fits or maybe it doesn't fit. And even like when I talk about LA, to other people it's like yeah like there's a stereotype but there's also like these experiences that either build up to it or or defy it completely yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah hmm. that, i feel like this is a great episode for us to think about some of the things that you said because like only until we move out from our original home or place then we start thinking about oh the differences and the similarities and what we actually miss or yeah. what we're embracing you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then if you're willing, we can definitely do more episodes around different topics. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm can excited those- to see how this turns out. Cause I'm like, <laughs> what is like, where is this conversation going? <laughs> I think I'm not putting any conclusion here in my channel. It's just like different people's stories. And then even for me listening to it for the first time. So listeners, this is also my first time. <laughs> I I like it. Um, it, I feel my takeaway from this conversation is not to assume everything's gonna be one way or the other. Maybe there are multiple ways. Just like so many freeways in LA, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious places. now. Like, yeah. What What do you think? What did you think before we started that we were gonna end up talking about? Um, home culture and intersectionality and mm-hmm. experiences and, mm-hmm. and reflection mostly. Um, I was not mm-hmm. assuming anything else, but okay. I don't know what exactly you're going to talk about. But but that's what I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Does it make you feel a little confident? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll, trust, I'll trust your editing process. Okay. I, I'll. Okay. I hope I trust myself too. <laughs> so, Vera, how can the listeners find you? Um. Okay. So my public Instagram is at vcordoodles. V c o r d o o d l e s. Um, I started a bullet journal like a while ago and it has kind of like my reflections on there. Yeah. Um, I kind of keep like my personal stuff to myself. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of like, you know, my reflections are on there. If you want to reach me, you can message me there. Mm-hmm. You can uh, stalk me on Facebook if you really want to. And I'll reply on Messenger. I usually do. Or you can like send me an email in the email that's provided. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. So I'll put all the info in the episode notes. And um, yeah, today we talked about some of the backgrounds that Vera grew up uh, having and in California, in LA, and what it means for her to be a Angelino, Angelino. I still don't understand why you call it Angelino. Why is it an Lee? Why not an Le? I guess it's a kind of a Americanized, like ah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we talk about like some of the transitions and grew up, some of the memories and cultural exchange in California and after moving out from California to Colorado and some of the thoughts and ideas. I hope. People who listen to this will like it. Thank you so much for coming, Vera. Yeah, I'm sorry for the chaos. I bring it with me everywhere I go. I'm gonna put it into bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share it with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me some chai with small donations. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time. Um. Do you need stuff? Sorry. <laughs> this is so funny. Do you want to take the box and put it away inside? <laughs> You're like, you got it. Are you sure you don't want to just? Are you in front of a treasure box? They they were getting out laser tag, and now they're putting it away, and they're just putting it away in front of me. Wait, why don't you guys just assemble it inside? I think they just want to hear what their aunt is talking about. <laughs> why is everyone here? <laughs> <laughs> they just want to see what you're doing. Yeah. Can you guys? <laughs> this is going to the blooper. I I've never had a blooper. I think I'm gonna do it for your episode. I was, I was like, you need a blooper reel with me. <laughs> Hi. Cuddly. <laughs> Hi. No. <laughs> Can you hear all the thumping? Yes. <laughs>